Hello, Write or Die listeners. Welcome back. Today, I have a very special guest. She is my agency sister, the wonderful Rena Barron. Her books, The Last Witch Doctor from Harper Teen in 2019, and her middle grade fantasy debut, Maya and the Rising Dark, is coming from HMH Kids in 2020. She is represented by Susie Townsend. Hi, Rena. Welcome. Thank you so much, Clarabelle. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to get you here um, to hear your story. You've had sort of a whirlwind uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> journey just from what the the outside world can see. And I'm sure yeah. there's so many layers to it that we don't even know. So I'm really excited for you to share your journey with all of us. So, yeah. Um, so, so just kick us off. Tell us how you got started writing and when did you first start, you know, thinking seriously about becoming a published author and querying? I want to know it all. Absolutely. Well, I started writing um, very young. I was one of those folks who started, um, you know, pretty much in middle school um, thinking about writing short stories and and poetry, which was really bad, but <laughs> um, it got, I think it got better over time, but maybe not. Um, but those uh, sort of short stories morphed into me wanting to write um, longer pieces. And by high school, I started to write um, or attempt to write novels. I never actually finished any in high school, um, but I started to think, oh, I want to write this long form. Um, And by college, I actually started to really get serious about wanting um, to see my work um, in book form, Um, not to just have it on my computer, not to just read it to my friends, but to reach a a wider audience. Um, So I would say, all in total, I've been seriously writing for 20 years, um, which sounds like a lot, but I know there's lots of people who've been writing forever. Um, So seriously, for uh, 20 years, and then I have actually, before I signed with Susie um, at New Leaf, I had been querying for 10 years. Whoa, that's a long time. Don't downplay that. That's a (laughs) long time, you know. Wow. So can you tell us what some of your, like, do you remember any of your high school manuscripts at all? Because I'm curious. (laughs) Well, the one that I remember the most, which you won't be shocked to hear about, was about witches. Amazing. <laughs> um, so somehow I've always had a sort of ideal around witches and witchcraft and, and kind of uh, interest around that. So that was one of the ones that I worked on. And I actually worked on something that was more um, sci-fi because I'm actually a big uh, sci-fi geek. Um, wow. I, I, I love um, some of the classic sci-fi, um, like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, um, some of the lesser known ones like, uh, Farscape that most people haven't heard of. So I liked a lot of sci-fi. So I also had a little, I guess you would call it like a space opera (laughs) in the vein of like Star Wars, but like in space and drama. And so I worked on that a lot. I'm in high school as well. And it it was funny because it started off as um, a bunch of short stories. 
And then I started to realize like, oh, these are all interconnected. These things belong together. So I started to actually um, put them together um, as a novel. Um, And it got close to being finished, but it was really disjointed. (laughs) There's a bunch of short stories that didn't quite fit. But it was like, in some ways, I felt like I was writing like these little episodes to like a TV show or something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I could see how trying to make them fit after the fact would be like really super challenging anyway. Yeah. Um, So you wrote poetry and space opera and short stories. And then what was the first book that you actually queried? And when was that? If you remember like more or less. Yeah. The, the first book I queried uh, was in 2007 and it was actually um, an adult thriller. (laughs) Oh, wow. I kid you not when I say, and and I do think this has been to my advantage, that I have really dabbed in a lot of different genres to get my feet wet. I read across um, all genres, uh, you know, within adult and within um, kid lit as well, thrillers, sci-fi, romance, um, uh, pretty much everything. Um, and, And that has... I think benefited me a lot. And and so that first book that I, I tried to go out with was in, you know, 2007, it was, you know, adult thriller. Um, it was, it was very much me trying to copycat my favorite author at the time. So I read a lot like um, Dean Koontz knockoff. <laughs> um, and so I went out, um, I totally was kind of clueless at that point. I was, you know, fresh out of college and, I went out and queried about 15 agents and I got all form rejection and I'm like, okay, well this book is dead. Let me move on to the next one. Oh God, 15. Oh. I, and I didn't know. I mean, yeah. and that's some of the things that, you know, and, and even 2007 was a little bit where the you know, internet was a lot younger. So we didn't have as much information out there to really truly know kind of like what the process was and right. like how much you should do. Um, so I, I, you know, I kind of just shelved that book after, you know, querying a few. Um, and then I actually ended up writing uh, a, another book that was also adult, but um, post-apocalyptic kind of dystopian. Okay. <laughs> I really, I really mean it when I'm, I yeah, say you, all genres. <laughs> yeah, you did it all. I'm waiting for the romance book to be mentioned. It's, it, 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 <laughs> It may be still in the bag, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I, so that book, I, I, by that point I had learned to, um, you know, the first book I will go back and say that I, I had critique partners that kind of helped me get better as a writer. Um, and then that second book, I ended up getting a good, a good amount of requests okay. um, for that book. And, but they all ended up being form rejections as well. Um, but some were, at the time, form rejections that I took were personalized, but they were. But they helped inspire me to keep going. And oh. I think that's sometimes nice um, yeah. when when agents kind of go that extra step and, mm-hmm. and kind of be encouraging. It doesn't need to always necessarily be personalized for you to kind of find that encouragement. And I, I'm the kind of person where I look for the positive so that yeah. I can kind of keep pushing forward. So that book uh, didn't end up getting um, an agent. Um, and then I wrote The Last Witch Doctor. Um, and that was in 2014. Oh, um, wow. And so, well, I wrote the book in 2012 and I queried it in 2014. Okay. Um, I like went 
for broke. I queried every agent under the sun. <laughs> so you did the opposite of the first book. I, what you yeah. Did the first book. Okay. I totally, yes, I totally did. Um, and I got a few requests, um, but it did end in just a, bu- a bunch of form rejections. So I said, okay, I love this book. I really wish someone would take it, but no one wanted it at the time. So I put it aside. Okay. In hindsight, I will say that it wasn't the right time for that book because I don't feel that at the time I had the skills I needed as a writer to write the story I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not something I I could have said at the time, but looking back on it, I realized that I did not have those skills. Wow. Um, so that ended up being uh, put aside and I wrote another book. And this okay. is where we finally get um, into like, uh, yet another genre. <laughs> I wrote a sort of contemporary um, cult thriller. I guess I don't. It was with the uh, okay. mashup of everything. I gotta stop you <laughs> one moment because <laughs> yes. I need to understand like what inspired you to like what made you jump from genre to genre this way like what happened to make you say like okay now I'm gonna write a cold thriller like were you reading a lot of those kinds of books or was it just like why <laughs> I just want to know yeah absolutely and it, it is nothing it's nothing exciting it really is that um I started early on in my love for reading, reading across all genres. Okay. And I think it had just kind of been instilled in me that, hey, I can experiment with any genre and any type of writing. There's no reason to limit myself. And I think a part of it was feeling out who I wanted to be as a writer, what I wanted to write, um, and kind of working through those you know, working through that ideal and those feelings as I kind of write, you know, all of these different kinds of things. I may know that, um, you know, my heart has always been with sci-fi and fantasy, and that's been kind of the bread and butter, and that's where I started. But at some point, I wanted to make sure that I allowed myself to explore other options, too. Yeah, and I think that's pretty cool, because what if you end up liking something that is, like, completely different than the first first or second book that you write you, you'll never know if you don't give yourself that chance so that makes sense to me even though it's wild that <laughs> you have written in so many different genres um so what happened with this book so that book um ended up being a, a, a turning point for I think my writing career okay and I say that because that was the first book um that I got a lot of agent interest from. Um, I ended up getting a lot of uh, requests to revise and resubmit. So that's when, you know, agents uh, are not ready to offer because they think the book needs um, a lot more work. So they're asking you um, to go back and work on it. They oftentimes will give you some notes on kind of things that they thought could use work. Um, And typically it's a major revision. Um, and so I got a lot of those, um, okay. around about 20, I think it was oh, wow. a lot. And so I, I got into this cycle where I was revising this book so much that I kind of lost steam. I think mm-hmm. I was, uh, it was last year I was going to the beginning of 2017 thinking, oh man, I, 
I, I need to put this book aside at some point because I, I'm losing perspective. I think that's kind of where I was. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to work on the 11th revision for that book. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a and, lot. Yeah. And I I never had lost kind of this passion and love for The Last Witch Doctor. And I kind of made a decision you know, I'm out of I'm out of steam. Let me put this aside for a little bit and go back to the last witch doctor, um, and and that's what I did. I, I literally uh, I emailed because um, I had been sending out some of the revised and resubmits, and and some of those were becoming rejections. But then I had um, some agents left to send it to, and I, I sent them an email and said, "Hey, I, I'm taking a little bit of a pause from this book, um, so it'll be a little bit longer getting it back to you. Thank you for your interest." And agents were great about it, and were all very patient about okay. the fact that I needed that space. Um, and so that space really led me to um, going back to the last witch doctor, and I decided that. I would um, completely um, strap the old version. Um, okay. I got rid of it. I, 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 I totally realized that I needed to start um, from the beginning. So I got rid of the old version of The Last Witch Doctor and rewrote it. Um, and so I did that. And then um, I, I kind of just sat down a little bit. And I was thinking about, do I want to enter a contest? So I um, finished the book around about the time that um, the, the online contest and mentorship Pitch Wars uh, was about to start up. And so Pitch Wars is basically um, an opportunity for writers to pair up with mentors or mentor. Um, it could be one or two usually um, who helps you revise your book. Um, and so they would read the story and then give you um, feedback and such. And so I, I was thinking about entering this contest and, um, thinking like, Oh, is it, is it really worth my time? I just only have one new, you know, draft of the story. It's a first draft. Um, it's pretty rough, but, um, one of my closest friends who's also a writer said, why not just, just try it. And I decided to go ahead and enter. Um, and my, you know, story ended up getting picked by, um, a mentor, um, pair, Jamie Paxton and MK, um, England, who actually worked with me to kind of edit the story and revise it. And so the whole, um, process is about a couple months. If I recall, it started in September, um, and then ended with an agency round in November. So what the agency round is, is so after you've worked with your mentors, um, you've kind of uh, whipped the book into shape. Um, there is an agency ra- uh, agent round in which um, agents literally just come and see a pitch for your book and the first, uh, I think, 250 words of the story. Um, and so I was very fortunate. I Doing the agent round, I kind of was thinking, like, can I get one or two requests, please? Mm. Let this be worth something. <laughs> oh, girl. I, I literally, I, I, I literally was like, is this, like, going to be embarrassing? But, you know, that being said, I will say that it doesn't matter um, if you get requests doing the agent round, because that's not what Pitch Wars is about. Pitch Wars is yep. about the mentorship yes. and connecting 
um, with other writers who, you know, you can help each other kind of become better as writers. I've met one of my best critique partners uh, through Pitch Wars who um, has been so instrumental in helping me revise this, uh, The Last Witch Doctor. Oh, that's um, so good. That makes yeah. me so happy. I think I definitely agree with you. I think one of the best parts of contests are the people that you meet and the friends that you make. And um, I'm really happy that it like all worked out for you and you were so nervous that yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't, which I'm sure everybody is, you know, but I think that sort of getting a better book out of it and becoming a better writer at the end of the process is is what's most important. Yes. Um, so you were hoping for one or two, but you got a lot more than that. And then what happens next? Yeah. Well, I, I will say when um, the young adult entries went up on the Pitch Wars website, I was at a weekend concert. Oh, wow. Uh, so <laughs> I was trying to pay attention mm-hmm. to the concert, but also was on my phone trying to see what was going to happen. Of and course. So, <laughs> Um, and, and it went well. Um, I was very fortunate. I got, um, I believe 43, um, requests to see material. Uh, Most of those were full, some were partial. So quite a, quite a few agents, um, responded very well to the pitch and and the first page. So that was super exciting. Um, you know, I sent that off to, you know, to agents um, and then I got, I started, offers started to come in and I was just like flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's, I mean, th- that's a lot too, right? Like when you get more than one offer, like it sounds a lot of, like a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work because you have to talk to so many people. It's not just the agents. It's also the clients that you have to talk to for the agents that you're considering, um, so tell us sort of what was going through your head and what your what your week or two weeks was like once the offer started rolling in. I think a lot of what was going through my head was making sure I had enough information to make an informed decision about, mm-hmm. you know, which agent I wanted to sign with. I got offers from, you know, amazing agents. So, I, you know, I couldn't go wrong either way. Okay. Um, but when it came down to it, um, I personally look at writing, you know, it's my passion, but it's also a business. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to uh, make sure that the agent that I signed with would be a really good biz- business partner for what I needed. Um, so I really organized um, kind of that two weeks um, thinking about, you know, pros and cons, looking at client lists, talking to clients, looking at the kinds of uh, books that the agents had sold um, to really make an informed decision about, you know, you know, who I should sign with. So I, I did I feel like leading up to the offers was was more of a, a whirlwind for me than having to deal with kind of the process of making a decision because then once I had the offers, then I, I put my business hat on and okay. said, you know, let me think about this. Let me, I, and I know this is really hard, but sometimes it's like, let me kind of remove the emotional element from it um, and look at it from more of a strategic um, decision. Yeah, that's so important. And it's something that I tell people all the time and that I talk about this on this podcast all the time that 
it's really hard because we are like emotional, dramatic people, authors, and like mm-hmm. <laughs> we think with our hearts and we want to everything to be sort of this like beautiful, like romantic connection with like not you know, <laughs> well, you know, not like actual romance. Not like the other kind of romance. Yeah. (laughs) Um, With our agents, but like it is a business and we have to remember that above anything else because when it comes down to it, you know, it's your career online. So, Mm -hmm. so how did you choose? Like what made you go with the agency that you went with? Yeah, I think I, I ended up choosing um, Susie and New Leaf because they really, um, first got my book, like Susie was super enthusiastic and in love with the last witch doctor. And we, we chatted a couple times before I made my decision. And I knew that she really would be, um, the perfect advocate for the book. Um, and then, you know, I've talked to other folks at New Leaf and I really liked their agency philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was important to me. It was clear that they had a complete, strategy behind how they approach um, their clients work and I think that was the biggest those were the biggest selling points for me okay so so then what so then what what happened like tell me more this is the exciting (laughs) part yes so um you know, as soon as after, you know, after I signed with Susie, um, we went through a revision, which is very common. Um, I think a lot of times when people sign with their agent, they think, oh, now I'm going on submission. But um, their revision process could be, you know, one time or several times. It just depends on what your book needs. Um, in my case, we went through one revision and we went out on submission pretty quickly after pitch wars. Um, I was really still in revision mode right after, so I was ready. I was rubbed up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, another revision. I've done like three in like two months, so I can right. do another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we went on submission. Um, the book sold pretty quickly within a couple weeks. Um, so that was really exciting. And that was actually another kind of whirlwind because the book went to auction. Um, we had several publishers who – um, wanted it, um, and several editors who just were raving about it. And I was so fortunate for that. Um, so I got a chance to, um, talk to the offering editors before, um, making a decision. Um, and that was really, that was really great. Um, and that's something that I think if authors can do this, um, I, I would recommend it because it's always great to get an ideal of what the editor's vision is for your story and to see that it's aligning um, with what you see for your story. I end up going with um, Harper Collins um, with Stephanie Stein as my editor. Uh, And the reason that I ended up choosing Stephanie is because when we got on the phone to kind of talk about her vision for the last witch doctor and the things that she loved about and the things that she thought needed more work, we were completely aligned. Um, It was really like talking to someone who could see inside your head and really get the story that you're trying to tell. Um, And she really got it. And and that made me so excited. And she's been a, a joy to work with. Um, and it's just been a great process because we're really aligned with kind of where we see the story going. Um, so, you know, that happened really quick. So all of this, uh, between entering pitch wars to selling the last witch doctor, um, was a total of about three months, I think. 
Wow. Um, so that was really fast. And then um, after that, um, Susie and I, um, you know, started to think about other story ideals. And I and I had this middle grade ideal. Um, and so the middle grade ideal, I was like, okay, I guess I'll start to kind of maybe play around with it a little bit while I was waiting for kind of the um, the feedback from um, Stephanie, my first editorial letter. Mm -hmm. um, and that tends to take a couple months, you know, out. Um, and all of that kind of ended up around the holidays. Um, because when the book sold, it was like, I think, mid-December. De mid okay. um, so then we went through the holiday period. And during that time, I started working on Maya and the Rising Dark, um, which is my middle grade uh, fantasy. And I, I, I kind of just, I, I went wild. I was like, okay, I'm going to write this book about like the middle grade version of me okay. <laughs> in some ways. Um, and, you know, I wanted to write this story about this quirky 12 year old who's really into science. Um, also just, you know, a person of color, you know, a black girl who lives on the South side of Chicago, dealing with the things that you would deal on the South side with on the South side of Chicago, but also in the magical world. Um, so kind of mixing a little bit of, uh, contemporary with this kind of fantasy world. And so that. I started working on that. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to send it off to Susie. Um, we wanted to send it to a small list because, you know, you know, we were just coming off the last witch doctor. I was a little burned out again because I kept kind of working. Right. I'm a little bit of a work of a haul. Like that, that's on me. Um, but we sent it out and the story sold in a little under a little over a week. Um, and that was like, it blew my mind and, it's sold in a preempt, um, which is when um, a publisher um, knows that your 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 story's out with several other editors, and they want to get ahead of an auction, so mm -hmm. they put in an, uh, an offer very early on the on the story. Um, so that's how it sold, and it was funny because um, I was thinking about this, and I think it was kind of the, the moment I got kind of emotional, and I was thinking last um, so in twenty seventeen. Um, around my birthday in March, I was, I had just gotten another uh, re request for a revise and resubmit on, on that last book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be revising and, and doing this forever. Am I ever going to get an agent? Wow. Am I ever going to get a book deal? And the day before my birthday of this year, I got Maya. And so in, in that year period of, you know, from last time, I went from having, you know, no, no agent, no book deal to two, three book deals. So, you know, basically three, two series, um, for six books. Um, so that's it was huge. That's, that's so wild. Like it's so crazy, but that's like how publishing works too, because yeah. everybody sees, you know, what, like sort of the outward facing like success that you've had with pitch wars and everything like that. But, but it took you 20 years. It yep. took you 20 years of writing and it took you 10 years of querying. So it's not overnight. <laughs> it's not yeah, it <laughs> at all. 
you worked your butt off for for the success, and I'm really excited about it. And I want you to tell me a little bit more about The Last Witch Doctor and also Maya and the Rising Dark. So if you want to start with the middle grade and then tell me about the YA. Sure. So Maya in the Rising Dark is a middle grade fantasy. Um, It's completely unrelated to The Last Witch Doctor. It's about a 12-year-old girl who discovers that her father is the guardian between our world and the dark. When her father goes missing, she has to kind of unlock her own powers and fight a horde of spooky creatures um, to save him. Oh, I love that. That sounds so good. (laughs) And how about The Last Witch Doctor? The Last Witch Doctor is a West African-inspired young adult fantasy about a girl who comes from a family of powerful witch doctors but doesn't have any magic of her own. Um, When her kingdom is threatened by the Demon King, she must trade years off of her life for the magic she needs to stop him. And so the catch to that is that each time she trades years off of her life, she's closer to death. Oh, no. I'm already worried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you should be. Oh, no. Uh, oh. Um, I mean, I know I'm speaking for everybody who's listening when I say I'm really excited to read your books. I'm really, really excited, especially knowing that you've already written books in all these different genres. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what you learned along the way and like what you bring to these um, fantasy books as a black woman and we need more books like yours and it's so exciting that not only are we going to have them but that you know all of these publishers are sort of like fighting over them as they should um (laughs) so I want to ask you for anybody who is listening right now and feels discouraged about you know how long it's taking or the fact that you know where you were last year or the year before last versus um where you were when Maya sold how did you stay motivated to keep going and what made you continue to write? I think um, the, the thing that kept me the most motivated is seeing other people's success. Um, that I know that some people, it, it's a little bit harder to, to see other people's success and, and, and wonder why not me. Mm-hmm. But I took the approach of every single time I saw an announcement of someone signing with an agent or getting a book deal, I would always say, that could be me next. Yeah. That could be me. I could I could be that person. And it always brought me a lot of joy. And it still does. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I retweet a lot of announcements because I love it. I love seeing people reach their goals. And that was one of the things that I think that gave me the most motivation to keep going. I love the hell out of that. That is so great and so beautiful. And more authors should feel this way. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I really do think it helps. The The alternative is, is, sometimes not pretty. And Mm. I think it can put people in a very dark place. And I, as a writer, like I don't write from a dark place. Um, I, I have to write from a place of joy. Um, even though some of my books might be dark, Mm. Um, but I, I, I don't, want to kind of feel like this unnecessary stress. And I do think that sometimes that does happen um, if we allow it. But I do think a a little bit of it is being conscious of your responses to things and and knowing 
kind of what you need to keep yourself motivated. And if it's the case that you're a person who um, needs to be away from seeing that kind of stuff, then, you know, mute, mute, you know, why Twitter if you need yeah, to. Or, yeah. But, you know, find your thing that truly motivates you. Um, and, and really um, zoom in on it and, and let it kind of carry you through. And I think that was it for me, just, you know, staying positive and watching other people's success and thinking I can do this too. I love that. I love it so much. I always ask everybody on the podcast to share either one embarrassing publishing related story or something that they wish they'd known in the beginning. So it's up to you which one you want to choose. I don't have an embarrassing story I, I can think of right now, but there are definitely some things that I wish I would have known um, starting out as a, as a young writer. Um, I think one of the things is that sometimes too much feedback is as bad as not enough feedback. Okay. And what I mean by that is that you can over-workshop a book and you can have too many cooks in the kitchen. You can have too many people giving input to the point that you lose sight of what your original ideal is and what your, your goal is for the story. And I do think that that is, you know, a risk that you take when you have too many folks in it. And the same thing is when you don't have enough, you don't get a, a broad um, a view of kind of where the story can be. So I think that's one, um, and, and part of that is understanding, you know, when you have so many people um, giving feedback, you can't please everyone. And I think that's a lesson that authors need to learn very early on. You will never um, be able to please everyone. Readers, you know, will love your book. Some will hate your book. Some will set your book on fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you have to be able to come to terms with that. And that's okay, because if we all like the same things, we'd be pretty boring people. That's very true. And that I have experienced that where I've sent my book to too many people. And then I'm like, I don't know who's right anymore. <laughs> I don't know who I'm supposed to listen to. Um, so that is definitely true. Um, so can you tell our listeners where they can find you online, where they can follow you on social? Sure. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr at Rena the Dreamer. And you can also visit my website at RenaBaron.com. Perfect. Thank you, Rena, so much for being on the show. I've been so excited for you to be on, and I'm so excited to read your books. You got to send me some arcs, you know, hook it up. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll hook you up for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Fright or Die. Please don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes below and follow me on Twitter at Clarabelle underscore Ortega. See you next week.